but we're going to look at some thoughts on goals, considering a life goal, and uh, considering a life goal. I know a lot of you might have some short-term goals for 2021. I know some of you might have goals that go into even a couple years down the road. I know some of you have goals of getting married, whatever it might be, or goals of getting a different job or whatever, sports goals, whatever it might be. Uh, but we're going to consider a life goal here tonight. Joshua chapter 24, let's begin by reading in the first part of this chapter, considering where Joshua and God's people are at. Uh, beginning in verse 1, it says, And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads, and for the judges and for the officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said it unto the people, Thus saith the Lord, God of Israel, Your father dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. I took your father Abraham from out the other side of the flood and led him through out all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac, Jacob, and Esau, and I gave unto Esau Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. And I sent Moses also and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them. And afterward I brought ye out. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and ye came unto the sea. And the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen unto the Red Sea. And, then, uh, and when they cried on the Lord, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your eyes have seen what I have done unto Egypt. And you dwelt in the wilderness a long season. I brought you into the land of the Amorites, which dwelt on the other side of Jordan. And they fought with you. I gave them into your hand and ye might possess their land. And I destroyed them before you. Then Balak, the son of Zephor, king of Moab, arose and warred against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not hearken unto Balaam, therefore he blessed you still. So I delivered you out of his hand. And you went over Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and I delivered them into your hand. And I sent the hornet before you, which drave them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bowl. And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, and cities which ye built not, and ye dwelt in them. Of vineyards and olive uh, yards have you planted uh, not do you eat. Uh, now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And, it's, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. I'm going to stop there as we consider some thoughts here tonight from this passage and also from the Word of God on life goals. Let's pray as we consider this thought here tonight. Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for today. I do ask, Lord, that you would just give us, again, time here tonight to 
look into your word, Father, to consider some thoughts from Joshua and other passages in the Bible uh, that deal with thoughts of goals, or as I say tonight, life goals. And as we consider our, our goals, uh, what are they? Help us, Lord, to have goals that would be pleasing to you, uh, goals that would be honorable, and goals that would be achievable. Again, just bless this time as we meet again here tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In uh, Joshua chapter 24, you find a familiar verse or passage of verse. A lot of times you see uh, this verse on placards and, and posters and all the kinds of different things. And most people are familiar with this particular verse. In verse number 50, it says, But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. These are the words of Joshua. These are the words of the scriptures. These are the words of Joshua after God's people had traveled through a lot of different places and gone through a lot of different things in life. They'd gone again through times where God had conquered their enemies. They'd gone through times in their life where uh, they faced difficulties. They'd gone through, again, the times in their life, some of them, uh, where they experienced Caleb and Joshua, had experienced, again, loss of loved ones, loss of relatives, loss of all kinds of different things along life's journey. And uh, we find here in the Bible what I call Joshua's life goal. And again, it doesn't say that here, but I believe that's what he lived. It says there in verse number 50, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That was his goal in life. That was not his New Year's resolution. That was not what he did sometimes. That was what he did with his whole life, I believe, after he was saved by grace. And even before that, probably when he was trained, to serve the Lord. As we consider both a youth challenge and a challenge to the church here tonight, I believe our life goal should be simple, concise. It should be very easy for people to see. It should be something they see in us every day, every week of the year, every month of the year, over the years. They see it through our children. They see it through what we do or what we don't do. We see here in the Bible, Joshua called them to a goal, a way of life a way that was maybe different than some of them were living at that time, as I believe some were still living, not necessarily serving the Lord. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said what he said here in verse number 14, verse number 15. He says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And so we see an encouragement to serve the Lord. This certainly is a good life goal. What is a goal? Simply a goal is a target that we seek to attain to, a purpose, an objective, something that we're seeking to follow after, something that we're working towards. You have life goals. I have life goals. Everybody has goals. Some people have a goal this new year of losing some weight. You know, that's one of my goals. I'm not saying that's a bad goal. That's a good goal. I mean, if you lose weight, I'll tell you this, most people, if they're overweight to some degree, and I am, and others may well be, uh, sometimes you can't do all the things that you'd like to do. To have less weight on your body, sometimes there's less uh, stress on your body, and so sometimes people have a goal of losing weight, and I, I believe that's a good one. And I'm not saying, again, you need to have it, but it's a good one. It's something that you can uh, try to seek after, etc. Sometimes it's harder for some to lose weight than others, etc. And I'm not saying... Again, that has to be a goal, but I'm just saying that is a goal that some people have. It's to lose weight. Uh, some people this year, I'm sure, again, on their list this year is, 
I'm going to get fit this year. Physically fit. You'll find, again, many places, again, this time of year, especially places that are physical fitness places this year, they see an increase in membership in January, especially because people are thinking about, you know, especially in this place in the country, well, you can't really exercise very well outside, and if you're going to have a winter like we usually have, maybe we won't have one like that this year, but if you have a winter where you can't get out and walk and do all these things that maybe other places in the country can do, uh, you're going to gain weight, and you're going to get, you know, maybe not very fit. And so people sometimes have a let's get fit goal for life. And there's nothing wrong with that goal. It's actually a good, good uh, goal. The Bible talks about uh, exercise profiting, uh, uh, profiting us. And it's certainly, again, that's a good goal. You know, some people, again, it's a good goal this year. They'll have uh, reading the Bible more. And I believe, again, you should have that every year, reading the Bible more. Every year you should seek to read more of the Bible, get more acquainted with the scriptures. Uh, again, in, in doing that, that's a good goal. You know, praying more or, or giving more or, or maybe doing more in some different areas of life. Maybe loving people more, showing grace more, taking care uh, to talk and to visit and, and to take time for others. People have sports goals and they have uh, job goals and they have business goals. We could go on and on. There's a variety of goals. And so tonight I want to just mention here to begin with, there's a variety of good goals. There's a variety of good goals. There are personal goals, there are family goals, there are individual goals, there are corporate goals, there are church goals, there are sport goals, and, and everybody is normally setting their sights on some aim, some target, some purpose, some object, and maybe for some to be the richest person in the world. That could be their goal. People are goal-oriented. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 3. There's some goals, I believe, mentioned in the Bible. And I, I know this for the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter uh, 3 here. And often we turn to this passage of Scripture looking at uh, forgetting the past, maybe, and uh, that sort of thing, and maybe looking towards the future. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, we see here in the Bible that Paul had a goal and it's mentioned here in uh, Philippians chapter 3. Let's begin a reading in verse number 12. The Bible says, Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after that if that I have apprehended for that which I have apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So we see here in the Bible, Paul definitely had a goal. He wanted to forget maybe what he did and what he had achieved and what had happened maybe in the past to some degree. And he was going to reach, the Bible says, in verse number 13, reaching and pressing, verse number four, uh, 14, towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He had a goal to be the best for the Lord Jesus. There are people that are involved with sports, and I'm not necessarily against sports. I think sports teach some people a lot of good things. And certainly, again, there can be people that make sports an idol. But in sports, there's a net. If you get the uh, whole, you know, you get your soccer ball going through that net, what do you get? You get a goal. Yet one point. In hockey, there's also a net there. And if you take that hockey stick and you put that puck through the goal, you get a goal. 
And there are young people today, their whole life is around, centered around maybe becoming the best at hockey or the best maybe at football or the best maybe at whatever sport it might be. They have a goal. And a lot of times in sports, there is a goal. If you shoot a basket into the wrong goal or basketball hoop, what do you do? He scored a point for the other team. And that's not a good thing. But yet at the same time, we see there are goals. Businesses have goals to sell their good, to market their good, to be productive, to have quality products, to manage things, to expand things, to design things, to uh, offer things maybe to a customer that other people don't have or that people want. But Paul had a goal. His goal was simply to be aiming towards the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He was going to be the best, if you would say, maybe Christian that he could be with what he had. There's also another goal mentioned in Philippians chapter 4. I just want to mention having a high calling of God goal certainly is a good goal for a Christian. But we see also here in Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8, to have a thinking kind of a goal is also good for Christians. Notice here in Philippians 4, verse number 8, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, what things are, are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any, any praise, think on these things. Philippians 4 gives Christians some things to think on. And these are things that we should be thinking on, things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous. People could have thinking goals. They could have the goal of having the high calling of God as a goal. They could have, if you turn to 2 Peter chapter uh, 3, again, these are good Christian goals. Uh, again, a good Christian goal would be to have, as it mentions here in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse number 13, having a growth Grow, a growth goal. Second Peter chapter three and verse number thirteen, the Bible says, Second Timothy. This is Second Timothy three verse thirteen. I think I got the wrong verse here. Um, let's see if it's First Peter three thirteen. Sometimes I write these things down wrong. It's not the exact verse I'm looking for either. But anyways, we, have, we need a goal of growing in grace. We need a goal of growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is, again, another good goal that's mentioned in the New Testament. I believe it's here certainly in First or Second Peter for sure. Just lost the verse here tonight. But having a grace goal, having a knowledge of God goal, knowing more about Jesus goal, is this one of your goals as a Christian? It certainly, again, is a good Christian goal. Let's turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. These all, the, all these kinds of goals that are mentioned here in the Bible, all these kinds of targets, all these kinds of purposes or aims or intents are good and certainly, again, notable for us. John chapter 4 here in verse number 34, we see, fourthly, another goal that's mentioned here, in the Bible, and this certainly, again, a good overall generic goal, if you would uh, consider it here tonight. Uh, John chapter 4 and uh, verse number 34. 
John chapter 4, verse number 34, it says, And Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me, and to finish his work. And so, here's a good goal in life that Jesus had. It says, to do the will of him that sent me. To do God's will, and to finish what he'd have me to do. And so those are some good goals. I mean, to, to do what God would have us to do, to finish what God has had and made me to do, this was the goal of the Lord Jesus. All these goals are good. And uh, we could talk about how to achieve a goal. And I just want to mention this about goals. Goals are varied, and goals, again, many times are good. Uh, again, franchises have often goals, I mean, to maybe expand their, their footprint around the world. Uh, people have goals when it comes maybe to their family or, or maybe their finances or whatever it might be to get out of debt or whatever it might be. But I wanted to say this about goals, and, I, and again, something that we should consider. Goals are, secondly, measurable and achievable. Uh, goals are measurable and achievable. If you are to set yourself towards a goal, they can be measurable and achievable. Uh, I just say this. If you wanted to be the greatest high jumper in the world, You'd have to start somewhere, wouldn't you? You might start out, maybe, you know, your first goal is to jump two feet. Two feet into the air and maybe over, you know, a high jumper pit. And if you're familiar with that, it has like a pole across it and, and jump over two feet there. And then you'd go on to three feet and then you jump four feet and then you jump five feet. And then if you're six feet tall, you'd want to jump six feet. And you'd even want to jump higher than that if you want to be the world's best high jumper. But Joel, uh, goals are measurable and they're achievable. For someone, again, to jump five feet is certainly achievable. I think most people could possibly reach jumping five feet if they really, really worked at it. I'm not saying everybody, but you and I probably could reach five feet or four feet or at least two feet for sure. Um, but when it comes to goals, you need to persist towards the goal because a lot of times they're incremental. The person, again, who jumps two feet can't stop at two feet. He's got to go for three feet. And the person that stops at three feet can't stop at three feet. He's got to go for four feet and on and on it goes. You know, for a sophomore, maybe in high school, to jump six feet is, is pretty good. That's jumping basically over my head. Say, how do they do that? Well, they do that by practicing. They do that by watching maybe how to jump, etc. But say that person who's jumping six feet their sophomore year, their junior year, they're still jumping six feet. Someone says, well, what's happened to them? Well, they plateaued maybe, or maybe they haven't. That person maybe jumping six feet, maybe his sophomore year jumped six feet his junior year, but then all of a sudden he starts clearing six feet, no problem at all. He's jumping six feet four, he's jumping six feet six, he's jumping six foot eight. This guy is only six feet two, and he's jumping higher than his own height. He's now in a class of seniors across America that can jump pretty high. But you know, it's a state track meet, and he's there. The competition is high. There's other people across the state jumping six feet eight, and they come into competition jumping six foot eight. You know what he needs to be able to beat these people? He has to do a personal best. He has to do better than he's ever done before. And during this senior meet, this athlete, 
jumps seven feet two. Someone says, wow, he's going to be the world's best high jumper ever. Seven feet two. He's a senior in high school. He's going to be the best high jumper ever. No, he's not. In 2002, a senior in high school jumped 7-7 seven, seven in Texas. That's incredible to jump 7-7. Seven, seven. The 7-7 seven, seven record, I don't know how far that goes back historically, but I think 7-7, seven seven, maybe if you went back to the 60s or 70s, that would have been a world record back then. I don't know for sure. I can't remember the records. I was in track and field, and I kind of kept track of things, but... Uh, seven foot seven, he jumped seven seven and say for sure he'll be the world record holder. But yet this guy who jumped that high as a senior isn't the world record holder. The world record holder has jumped eight feet and just about a half inch. Now there's not a lot of difference between that. You say seven seven and eight feet, but there is a difference in that. And when it comes to jumping or whatever goal you might meet, seven seven is not eight feet half an inch. It's less than that. And so with goals, they can be achieved. And, and with goals, we have what we call personal best. And with goals, again, our goal is to do better than we've done before and, and to do better maybe than the year before or the, the competition before or, or maybe um, sometime before. But uh, when it comes to goals, goals are achievable and you should set an achievable goal. To have a goal, I want to jump 10 feet. I'm just saying, I don't know if that's humanly possible. They were saying at one time eight feet wasn't possible. But they were also saying that about some track and field records that have been broken. They said it wasn't possible. But I want to say that goals are measurable and achievable. And you should set measurable goals and achievable goals. And I want to say this about measurable goals. Set a goal that's achievable for you. And try to improve on that goal for you. Turn back to Joshua chapter 24. Finding a goal and getting to a goal takes measurement and it takes achievement and it takes, again, breaking, so to speak, personal best, if you would, or following a pattern of doing that which is right. But we also see when it comes to goals, goals not only are buried, goals are measurable and achievable, but goals are often attained through change. God's people had come all the way into where they were now, into a land that they now possessed, in the cities they now possessed. But they were in this place and not everybody had the same goal necessarily. Joshua had this goal here in verse number 15, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yet it appears there in verse number 14, not everybody else had that same goal. Goals are attained, let me say this, through uh, change, specific change, a desire to change. A promise to change. Look at here, Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods that your, fa- your fathers served, which were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We see here in the Bible a, a, specific, a specific calling for change. You know, sometimes we need to change. It's good for us to change. It's good to have a different goal than maybe we have. You know, people might have a goal and it's really carnal and some people really need to change that goal. In this case, in the Bible, 
You see here in the Bible that there was people, I believe, that were maybe found the Lord. They were with Joshua, but they weren't all aboard necessarily there spiritually. In verse 14, it says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. He's basically telling them if they're carrying still some of those idols and things that they had in the past, they were put them to put those things away. It goals are attained only through change. Sometimes change is hard. In order to achieve a goal, someone must have to change. You know, if I was, again, trying to lose weight, I might have to change what I eat. If I wanted to get fit, I might have to change what I do. If I want to serve the Lord, I might have to change what I do the rest of my days, the rest of my life, the rest of whatever I'm up to, and change some things. In order to change, I want to say this also about goals. Again, there's a lot of times it's good for us to vocalize the decisions that we want to change. You see this take place here in this passage of Scripture as we read on. It says, And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord and serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up out of the land of our fathers, out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, and which did uh, those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people we passed through. And the Lord drave out from them before us the people, even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land. Therefore, we will also serve the Lord, for he is our God. Here we see again people vocalize a decision not only to change, but also to commit to change. And sometimes it's good for us to vocalize what we're going to do. It says there in verse number 18, these guys say after uh, Joshua says, I encourage you to choose who you're going to serve. It says there in verse 18, we also will serve the Lord. And so they made a commitment here to change. But yet we find here in the Bible, in verse number 19 and following, that Joshua would challenge their commitment to change. In verse 19, it says, And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous, for he will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve the strange gods, then he will turn and, and do you hurt and consume you after you have done uh, you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourself. Ye have chosen you, the Lord, to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. You know, sometimes when it comes to change, sometimes we need to be challenged with change, and people need to uh, challenge us to change. And sometimes we need help to change. And sometimes it's good to vocalize our change. And uh, you've heard about this, and maybe, or maybe you haven't heard about this, but sometimes it's good to have an accountability partner that will help you to change, especially if maybe you're struggling with a bad habit or something along that lines. Decisions and goals can be made if someone truly desires to change and truly makes a commitment to change. We see this in this passage of scriptures. These people are uh, not just talking about change. They're going to change. They're, they've decided to change. Verse number 20, 18, it says, We also serve the Lord, for he is our God. Verse number 21, But we will serve the Lord. Or read on here something interesting in the Bible here that I believe is also help when it comes to choosing a life goal. If you're going to choose a life goal, there needs to be a promise or covenant to change. 
And that usually takes place on a particular day in a particular place. Verse number 24 and verse number 25. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statue, an ordinance in Shechem. So they make a commitment to change. They make a promise to change. Again, it's one thing to promise to change, to confess to change, to make vocal things that I'm going to change. But often, again, I believe that it's good for us to have a visual reminder that we have set forth a change. We see this here in verse number 26 and following. The Bible says, And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law, and he took a stone and set it up under an oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto you, for it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, every one to his inheritance. There's a stone set under an oak tree. And that stone set on the oak tree would always be a reminder to these of a promise they had made. And sometimes it's good for us, I believe, to have a visual uh, thing to maybe show us about our, our goal or a change. You know, for an athlete, they might have written down, you know, my goal is seven feet. They might write that down on a piece of paper, seven feet. They might start out on that piece of paper. I got six, six, and six, eight, and six, nine, six, ten. 6'11", 7 feet is a high jumper, and they'll say, that's my goal. Goals are often attained through visual reminders. A stone was set and placed before the people so they could look at that stone and say, you know, that stone sits there because we decide we're going to serve the Lord. You know, some people have a plaque in their house that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. For some people, that's a constant reminder to them of their service to God. That rock, that stone that was placed on the tree was a constant reminder to them that they were going to serve the Lord. Some people use plaques, some people use portraits, some people think about a ring or roses or whatever it might be, or a picture or something they write down, and these help them to reach their life goals or even their smaller goals. I want to read on here. It says, Verse 28, so Joshua let the people depart every man unto his inheritance. It came to pass after those things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. So the one they talked to about these goals is gone. He's not there. There's no money there to basically tell him, hey, you guys promised to do this. He's not in a position to encourage them. To tell them they made this choice. They made this covenant with God. That's why that rock is there. That's why this is here. What we see here in the Bible is what I see again. Fifthly, as we consider goals here tonight. Goals are meant to be lived out. They be lived out despite what happens in our life. They're to be lived out as things that we're going to do with our life. We see this with these individuals here. Joshua died, and that doesn't mean the goal changed. The goal didn't change. The goal didn't have some other uh, thing to it. It says there in verse number uh, 31, and they buried him in the uh, border of his inheritance, Timnath, which is Mount Ephraim, on the north side of the hill of Gash. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, 
which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. So you see the people really keep up on this life goal. This life goal was really set in stone. It wasn't something that was, you know, a New Year's resolution made to be broken. I'm not saying you're making a New Year's resolution made to be broken, but a lot of people, they make a resolution made to be broken. It cannot be attained. This goal here in the Bible, again, is a goal that anyone can keep, anyone can hold to, if they want to be serious about keeping a goal. Let's turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. A life goal, as for me, I will serve the Lord. I know the Bible says, as for me, my house, we will serve the Lord, but I'm just putting it this way. As for me, Joshua, whatever your name is, we will serve the Lord. That's a good life goal. That's a goal that you can keep. That's a goal that you can follow. That's a goal that you can attain to. 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2 here, verse number 6 through verse number 9, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 6 through 9, we, we need to have goals that are attainable and achievable and uh, things that we can follow after. Uh, boy, my, my verses kind of slipped away here. 1 Thessalonians, short, sorry there, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1, verse number 6 through 9. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. The Bible says, And you became followers of us and of the Lord, and have received the word in much affliction with joy in the Holy Ghost, so that you are examples to them that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from out of you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only Achaia, Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your, your faith to God is spread abroad, that we have no need to speak of you uh, of anything. Uh, for they themselves show us what manner of entering in we have unto you and how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Now here we see in the New Testament of people that decided to serve the Lord. Very similar again to those back in Joshua's time, but those people back in Joshua's time had, it seems there, kind of a dual focus. They had... Uh, served the Lord alongside with Joshua. They had done a lot of different things with Joshua, but they're called to a place and a date where they were told, hey, it's time to choose now. You're going into a land now. This land is before you, and you're going to choose whether to serve the gods of the land or you're going to serve the Lord. And Israel chose to serve the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. And you find here in the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter one there, you find a people that turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. How can I have a life goal of serving the Lord? Well, you have to basically have the same mindset here. You need to turn from God, uh, turn from idols to God. How can we serve the Lord? Let me just end here tonight with some practical suggestions on how you can serve the Lord. Again, there's a lot of different ideas one could bring when it comes to serving the Lord, but I just want to mention a few here as we close here tonight. I'm not going to be very extensive with this here tonight, but I just want to mention how can I continue in a pattern of serving the Lord. This is what you can practically do in serving the Lord. Let me say this first of all. You need to choose to serve the Lord wherever you are. Wherever you are. 
you know, someday, somehow, some way, who knows, we may not be serving the same place as we are right now. I began and I made a covenant really to serve the Lord, a promise to serve the Lord the day I got saved, May 27th, 1989. That led me to different locations where I served the Lord. I mean, it's hard for us to remember this, but I mean, if you think about it, I mean, everybody's life is different, but uh, for the very first few months of my saved life, I served the Lord in North Carolina as a new convert. Those chick tracks you see in the back, someone gave some of those to me when I was selling books, and I began to serve the Lord by spreading the news with chick tracks. I did that through a temporary housing in North Carolina. I chose to serve the Lord in North Carolina. And for a time there, then after I'd been there for the summer, I came back to North Dakota. So I was going to college at North Dakota State University. I was now a sophomore. I now lived in a dorm. And that was Stockbridge Hall. I don't know if it's still called Stockbridge Hall or not. But it's a dorm there on the campus. And I began to continue to serve the Lord there. A little dorm room with a dorm roommate. His name was Dan Benson. We served the Lord. No, we didn't serve the Lord. I served the Lord. He served whatever he was up to at that time. And I'm not here to pick on him or be mean or whatever it might be. But I had a roommate that was lost. I was saved. And so I served the Lord. I began to go to church. I learned to grow a little bit as a new convert and went from there at Stockbridge Hall to, to other places, all within the Fargo-Moorhead area, serving the Lord. And then, well, I should mention this, just for fun, 1990, I went to Alaska, and for a time I served the Lord there. For a summer, I served the Lord living on Kodiak Island, held a, you know, as a new convert, can just picture this, I'm only one or two years old in the Lord, and uh, I'm actually one year old in the Lord, I'm in 1990, May 1990, I got saved May of 89, this May of 1990, here I'm on Kodiak Island, I'm serving the Lord, I'm having, I'm having my brother Brian over, another guy from Wapen and over for, quote, kind of church services, because there wasn't a church in Kodiak Island. I was a new convert, and I thought that was a good plan, and so that's what I did. I, I served the Lord there in 1990, just a little bit there in Kodiak Island. I actually met some people door-to-door, put out tracks in a little village there in Kodiak Island. I served the Lord there. I could have just went there and you know, just work, 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 but I tried to serve the Lord. I tried to meet for services. We listened to um, tape messages together on Sundays when we could, and so I sought to serve the Lord Anyways, time continue. I could talk about my life more, but I just want to mention this. Just keep serving the Lord. Valley City, serving the Lord. Wherever God puts me, serve the Lord. Africa, serve the Lord. Serve the Lord a little bit over in Africa. Up in Canada, serve the Lord a little bit. Serve the Lord wherever you go. How can I live to serve the Lord? Just look at wherever you are, try to serve the Lord. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12. Let me say this secondly. Uh, whatever way you can serve the Lord, whatever way you can. You can't necessarily serve like me, and I can't necessarily serve like you. I couldn't, for instance, I couldn't play the piano. That's just not going to happen as far as music goes. I, I'm saying it would be not necessarily impossible, but to me it's even impossible. I, I still don't understand how people can, can read notes and use two hands together and play. I mean, I played the baritone. I can play a trumpet. 
But I just, I just don't even, it doesn't even, I don't see how that works. I mean, one line, that's music, right? One line, you read it, that's music. That's, that's enough. Romans chapter 12, verse number 6 through verse number 11, serving the Lord in whatever way you can. People have gifts. They can assist. They can help. They can do what they can do. Verse number 6, it says, Romans 12, verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Someone says, I can never preach or teach. Well, Maybe you're not gifted with that. And it says there, of ministry, let us wait on our ministry. Or he that teaches on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cling to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. How should we live? Live to serve the Lord wherever you are. Look to serve the Lord with whatever gifts and abilities that you have. But let me say this, when it comes to serving the Lord, seek to develop skills that can be used to serve the Lord. Let's turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Everyone grows to some degree, in different areas of life. But again, a Christian should be growing, especially, I believe, in areas when it comes to their knowledge of the Scripture, their uh, walk with God, their ability to rightly divide the truth, etc. But this takes maturity. And so I say this about serving the Lord. Develop skills by which you can serve the Lord. Luke chapter 2, verse number 52, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. Develop skills that you can serve the Lord with. We can serve the Lord whether we're in a church building or out of a church building. We can serve the Lord whether we're a mechanic or we're a nurse or a physician, whether we're a doctor, uh, whatever it might be, a businessman, a businesswoman, uh, whether we're a white-collar worker or a blue-collar worker, whether we're a mom or a father. We can serve the Lord. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. But let me say this, when it comes to serving the Lord, fourthly and finally, I believe we need to be people that would study so that we can help and serve the Lord. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 15. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 15. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom Hymenius and Philetius, uh, concerning the truth of error, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrown the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a good house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but of wood and earth, but in some of honor and some dishonor. If a man will purge himself from these, 
He shall be in a vessel of an honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. How can you be prepared unto every good work? Well, the Bible talks about there purging yourself from some things. And then verse number 15 says to study yourself. Study to show yourself approved unto God. How can I learn to serve the Lord or live to serve the Lord by studying his word so I can serve the Lord acceptably according to the scriptures? Consider this life goal. Let's turn back to our text there. What is your life goal? I know you might have intermediate goals. I know you might have uh, personal goals. I know you might have, again, uh, goals when it comes to your life or your fitness or whatever it might be. And all these can be good, but do you have a life goal? What is your life goal? And uh, will you choose to have a life goal that lasts? Joshua 24, verse 14, it says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him with sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, which were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua said he'd serve the Lord and encourage them to serve the Lord. And the people in verse number 18 decided to serve the Lord. We will also serve the Lord, for he is our God. So they chose to serve the Lord. Verse 21, challenged again uh, with Joshua saying, are you sure about this, basically? Verse 21, it says, And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And he says there, you've chosen this. Now let's set up this stone as a memorial for you to remember that you made this promise to the Lord. And you see there in the Bible that they did continue to serve the Lord. And Joshua did die. Verse number 29 says, And it came to pass after these things that Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of the inheritance of the Timnasserah, which is Mount Ephraim on the north side of the, of the Hilagath and Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and they uh, and, and which had known all the works of Israel that he had done for Israel. These guys lived out this life goal all the days of Joshua, all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. Have this life goal as we go into this new year. We will serve the Lord. Someday choose that as your life goal. We will serve the Lord. Let's close as we consider this passage here tonight.